0: Welcome to another episode of Dice Talk. Tonight we have another very special episode planned for you, because tonight we are presenting Part 2 of our Call of Cthulhu actual play miniseries. If you have not listened to Part 1, then go back two episodes to Episode 12 so that you can hear the first part of our story. In addition to myself and Gerundu, we are joined once more by Danny and Rachel. Our next episode of Dice Talk will return to the traditional interview-style format that you have come to expect, but we will continue this Call of Cthulhu story in the episodes following. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. So what do you want to do?
1: I'm going to open it.
0: So inside you see this envelope. You see a leather bound uh, journal. You see a small scroll that is tied up. it's just a string uh, securing this scroll and there's a key hanging off of it. The key, the key looks modern. The paper looks modern. The envelope looks modern. The journal looks modern. None of it looks, I mean... Like, you can tell these things were made in the last 30 years or so. These are things that are are present, like uh, nothing like the box that they're contained within. And um, the key itself just looks like almost like a regular house key tied to a string wrapped around this scroll. I'm
1: gonna pick up the journal.
0: Okay. And what are the rest of you doing? Just kind of watching? Or are you going to do anything else?
1: And I guess I'll take the wrapped up thing. Don't open that yet until we learn what all of this is.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll grab it with the forceps.
1: Good idea, because if anybody gets cursed, it's probably going to be me or Mister Jones over here.
3: I'm a professor, not a Mister.
1: You're
2: both. Yeah, there's a reason I'm not touching anything.
3: No, I'm exclusively a professor. (laughs) I surrendered my Misterhood when I attained (laughs) my my (laughs) professorhood.
1: Wow. All I imagined was them castrating professors whenever they got to that tier of
3: learning. (laughs) It's more of a social castration than the physical one.
2: Ah, if only. If only! (laughs) Daddy! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I worked in academia for a while.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna open the envelope.
0: You're opening the envelope so she grabs the journal and immediately you notice there's a good maybe five four or five or six you know six pages with things written on them and kind of some of them trail over to the back side of the page there's a couple different entries uh with dates marked at the top and uh detailed writing but as you're kind of like scanning through before actually reading yeah you open this envelope and this uh you get this letter And immediately, just scanning at it, at the very bottom, you know, it says Rupert Merriweather at the bottom. It seems to be written in his hand. Seems he has opened this box and put these objects inside this. It says Dear friends, in the years after the nightmarish events of that night in my youth, I have seen many strange things. Only now do I begin to grasp the truth of reality and the scope of what is happening in this world. I've tried, in my small way, to combat the horrors and make amends for my past and bringing one to our plane of existence. What I have left to offer, what riches and wealth I have, I will put to good use in dealing with these abominations. It's the very least that this old coward can do. I could never make myself go back to that little farmhouse and put those events to right. I too gravely feared that which my friends and I loosed upon the countryside. Nothing of consequence has yet taken place, but with my death, I fear the bonds will be broken and that horror freed to come and go as it pleases. Lives not yet taken already weigh heavy on my conscience. The method of delivering the thing out of this world is still in that accursed house. The translations made by Marian from the book De Vermis Mysteri, I was never strong enough to take on the task, but I have hope that you are. In ridding the world of this, perhaps you will save my soul from hell. For I fear that my deeds have not been enough to release me from this burden. I do not expect your forgiveness for what I ask you to do. Rupert Merriweather.
3: This sounds terrible. I <laughs> don't think I want this job.
2: We have a choice. Although, I'm still not sure I entirely I believe. don't think... I mean, there's no scientific evidence that any of these sorts of things even exist. I
3: still don't think... I still think we could get stabbed. There's people out there wanting it's this thing.
2: Enough that we have to at
1: least protect this. Box. Well, that's certainly true. I guess we go
3: check out this.
1: Well, let's let me check out this journal first. Is it in English? Yeah. Okay, I want to read the journal.
0: The first page. At least, there's a few pages that look like they've been ripped out and things. The journal looks like it's been well used. Okay. Um, There's a few blank pages, but the first page is intact. It is dated February 27th, 1877. Jesus. Marion Allen has acquired an artifact, purportedly Egyptian. It appears to be a small sarcophagus of gold. Inside is a large piece of amber, which entraps a specimen of some unknown species of anthropod. Alan is very excited, as the box corresponds to a description he found in an ordinary reference volume in the University's Orne Library. Alan says that, in another book, De Vermi Mysteri, is an explanation of the powers of the box. The text says the small animal trapped in the amber is actually the host to a bound djinn, a guide to the spirit world. Alan says the tome mentions that originally, there were four such pieces of amber contained in the box. Oh, shit. There is no mention of what happened to the other three. We are agreed, and a date has been set to conduct a ceremony intended to summon the djinn, which Alan assures us will be friendly in nature. We have chosen the night of Saturday, 18th of March, the night before the new moon. There's
2: no amber Idiots. in the box, is there? No. No
0: well there is an object wrapped in a cloth oh right
2: that's what I'm holding on to
0: that's just the first page there are a couple pages here Oh, (laughs) you see a second date written just on the backside March 19th 1877 so a little less than a month later we began the ceremony as Alan instructed according to that described in De Vermis Mysteries a fire is set in the fireplace and a pentagram chalked on the floor Marked with appropriate symbols and illuminated by two black tapers placed near the center, flanking the piece of amber with its entrapped spirit. The others sit in a circle while I, the designated Watcher, guards for malevolent spirits. I sit in the corner of the room. At least I get the comfort of a chair, while the others can look forward to sitting on the floor for hours. Alan throws a handful of powder into the fire producing an evil-smelling smoke and dampening the flames, which now burn a sputtering green and brown. Those seated on the floor begin the Latin chant that Alan has transcribed from his book. After nearly two hours, I see a trail of smoke circling up from the piece of amber. Its surface seems to be bubbling and almost melting. Can it be? Have we finally achieved success? I start to see a form. On that same page, halfway down, is another date, March 20th, 1877, just one day later. We have finished with our plans, and we have sworn a pact to never speak of what happened last night. We have satisfactorily explained the death, poor Robert, and in some manner the madness of Harold. The sheriff accepts the explanations of a carriage accident. We planned it well. Robert's neck was broken in the fall, we told them. Harold struck his head on a rock when the horse's leg broke and the carriage rolled. Would it be that it was only that? For the rest of us, we will be forever changed by what we experienced last night. I will write down the true events so that they are not lost completely. The thing formed in the center of the pentagram, shapeless and nearly invisible. Its terrible voice should have given us a clue, but we were so foolish. It spoke. And then Alan cast that damned powder on the djinn. The dust of In-Mingazi, he calls it. And that's when we could all see it clearly. Words cannot adequately describe the faceless thing with a thousand maws. It roiled and toiled and bubbled, never fully revealing itself at any one time. So terrifying was its aspect that I was frozen in place. My pen falling from my nerveless fingers. Cecil and Alan seemed as lifeless as myself while a short, sharp cry issued from Crawford's mouth. Robert, however, rose to his feet, and before anyone could stop him, he stepped forward as though he was going to embrace our horrible guests. He flipped the page. With its arms, or those appendages that seemed most like arms, it took hold of poor Robert. It twisted his head around as though he was a doll. The lifeless corpse was then thrown back into Harold's lap, and that's when he began shrieking. That damn shrieking. The shrieking that has never stopped ever since, even after we handed him to the sheriff's office the next day. We still had a chance, apparently. Alan believes that if we kept our wits, we could have reversed the summoning and forced that creature back to wherever it came from. But Crawford panicked, and he mistakenly, believing it would dispel the creature, he reached forward and kicked kicked the pentagram, destroying it, breaking the seal and ending its protective effectiveness. Released from the binding symbol, that thing with a screech that could have only been unholy satisfaction was ejected from the house, disappearing out the window as a roaring, screaming wind of boiling colors. On that same page, he continues. March 24th, four days after this. Allen intends to leave Arkham and travel to find a solution to this crisis. He said that he intends to seek out occult scholars in New Orleans. I pray he is successful, but my hopes are not high at this point. He insists that I be the custodian of the gold sarcophagus and not show to anyone. What's even more odd is that he instructed me not to visit or even live in Boston. I can only guess as to why, as he will not tell me his reasoning, apart from his insistence that it's for my own safety. Marion still thinks that the thing could yet be destroyed, or at least dispelled, but none of us who remain have the stomach for such an undertaking." I hope he can find a way to safely banish it without another one of us falling under its malevolent grip. We now believe the spell we cast to summon it inextricably bound the thing to the house. Alan went back this morning to retrieve some of our belongings and store our ritual accoutrement. He says that he, is, that he heard it bumping around in the attic over his head, cursing him all the while. He said that it also told him that it, was, that it only has to wait us out when we who were present are all dead. "'It will roam the earth freely, "'slaughtering and feasting at last. "'Thankfully, the warding signs "'carved by Alan during better times, "'times that seem so long ago now, "'apparently are effective "'and bar that thing entry "'except into the attic of the farmhouse. "'I might be able to sleep for a few hours tonight "'knowing that it's bound to the attic "'and it cannot harm anyone else. "'I am hopeful for the first time "'since we stupidly released it from its chamber. "'If I told him the truth,' then we'd have time to seek the answers. God be with you and you search, my friend. And then, the last entry. October 14th, 1877, so seven months later. I just discovered that Marion Allen is dead, and has been dead for some months now. He was murdered in New Orleans this past August. I suspect that he spoke to the wrong sort of people about the things that he has seen, and they killed him. The newspaper mentions a sarcophagus, So maybe they were after the gold. That is three of us that are gone now. I must do something. I've already began ancient history classes at the university, and I believe I will try to research the problem at the farmhouse and the manor. Perhaps I will uncover an ancient secret of how to rid the world of this beast in my own way. You also see a newspaper clipping taped to that same page. It says August 14th, 1877. A brutal murder at the docks, New Orleans. The body of Mr. Marion Allen, late of Arkham, Massachusetts, was discovered early this morning near the Gulf and Panama docks, a victim of foul play. The man was identified by local witnesses who said that Mr. Allen has been seen in in the locale the evening before. Although robbery was the apparent motive, police reports that the victim had gruesome marks carved into his forehead and his tongue had been cut out. Mr. Allen had reportedly gone to the police earlier this week, claiming that he was being followed, and that he feared for his life. He said his shadowy pursuers were after an Egyptian artifact, which he no longer possessed. You also see a string of names scribbled onto the page at the bottom. Robert Mencken, March 1877. Harold Copley, August 1877. Marion Allen, August 1877. Crawford Harris, January 1910. Cecil Jones, March 1919. And Rupert Merriweather, with no date written beside his name. The rest of the journal is blank.
3: Well, if this thing is to be believed, we better go find the... how to reverse the ritual spell, or whatever it is that they say they did.
1: I thought the professor said that he knew the spell.
3: Well, we can go try and ask him, but he didn't seem to be in very good condition.
2: No. Or we could simply go to his office.
3: We could try and track down a copy of this De vermes mystery. Z-I-Z.
1: We could also go to the farmhouse.
3: I don't think I want to want to go there and not know what to do with the thing when we get there.
0: Danny, make a library check for me.
1: Get it, girl.
2: Uh, that would be Miss nine. I've been kicked out of the library to be time. And my library an use... Success. Yeah, that is an extremely... Extreme success.
0: So you mentioned how you were quite enthralled in all the books when you were in the library. Absolutely. And you know for a fact that book that he unlocked from the case was the Vermes Mystery. Oh, shit. The very one he showed you to show you the picture of the sarcophagus.
2: Well, I will share that information. The book that Dr. Armitage had. That is the book that we need
1: to break into a library? Okay. No, 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 no.
3: I I have uh, essentially free access to the to the to the library at least during the day.
1: They're not going to let us take that book. We don't out. Have
3: necessarily have to take the entire book out. Just a few pages. We just copy the passages. We don't have to get, you know, we just take the book out of the case, write down what we need and get the get the hell out of there. I don't know
2: about your skill, but I am not particularly skilled at copying languages I don't comprehend.
0: Yeah, it was written in Greek, ancient Greek.
3: Ah, why wasn't it Latin? I understand Latin.
0: Which is odd to you, because the title is... In Latin. Latin. (laughs)
3: How strange.
0: But it is no doubt written in Greek, like you saw it. Like I think with your level of study, you could recognize Greek, but maybe not understand it without pouring into I mean, translation i, I as and as a I person
3: think... in the real world could recognize greek characters like written down like mm-hmm. wouldn't understand what they say I, but, yeah i could so totally under- right and i think with your level of
0: scholarship it. that you could conduct research and translate it given time in the books i think dr jones could do that you know given the time
2: but i feel like we probably don't have the time uh do we need to talk to dr harmonage again
3: well, I didn't want to have to say this, but I do have a gun. I ha- I've been what? worried about protecting myself. There's all these kinds of people leaving dead birds on my car. <laughs> had and, had uh, it before? you know had the- it Well, you know, <laughs> some of these students, this Danny Jeffers, Jefferson is a very rough customer. And he- yeah, that's why I
1: carry a switchblade knife. Um, but I, I'm pretty sneaky. I could sneak in and steal the book in the night.
3: How sneaky am I? If I could put a numerical value on how sneaky I am, that numerical value would be 20. So probably not too sneaky for me.
1: I mean, I'm I'm double that.
0: Can we just talk about, like, this would be like if two of my students convinced me to help them break into the school (laughs) to, like, steal a laptop or something.
3: (laughs) I just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm... But if I object too strenuously, we don't have a mystery to solve. So <laughs> my ha- my hands I mean, are tied by the conventions well, of the game we're playing.
2: Perhaps we start with Professor Merriweather's office and see if maybe he has a translation of it. Because that's true. He did mention having a translation.
3: Should I try and dis- distract him?
1: He's not gonna be in the office. He's in the hospital.
3: Oh, Meriwether. I was thinking of the other professor. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Armitage. That's the one I was thinking of. Well about. I think
2: we start we with Merryweather, check... and then if we have no luck there, we can go back to Dr. Armitage and
3: well, there'll be no one in his office, so yeah, we could go check his office.
2: Don't want to
1: show him the the sarcophagus though.
0: You can certainly go try to you know investigate um Dr. Meriwether's things but you do know he said when he handed you the box that this is everything he, he needs yeah. and that it's not safe to open it here and he didn't give you much information and you would you would assume that maybe in his desperation he probably would have provided you with anything he had access to regarding this situation
1: do you want me to open that wrapped thing in case it's cursed and then only one of yeah, us is cursed and we should look
2: at that scroll too because scrolls <sighs> I
1: will take the thing I will unwrap it
0: Yeah, as you roll it out, the paper doesn't seem fragile or old or anything. It's not like, it's not like pulp paper. It's just regular new paper, and as you unfold it, you see a printed and signed deed for an address that is somewhere in the, um, uh, for a location in Ross's corner, and you can assume that it is the deed to the farm.
1: Cool. Cool. There's also um, a
0: key attached to a string that was securing the scroll.
1: Wait, now we are landowners, guys.
3: <laughs> so kinda of crazy insect tendril monster.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, that drives people crazy, and also There's murders. gotta be
3: an explanation I mean, I, for that. I'm not sure I believe that, but certainly there was something so horrible that these uh these people are... Uh, Went crazy, or you know, were uh, dying.
1: You've, you, you've known Doctor uh, Mother Merriweather for a long time, way longer than I have. Do you honestly think he's just making this up?
3: I believe he believes it, and as a as a matter of respect for him, I'm willing to play along. But I don't believe in demons and. Genies and insect monsters?
2: Why not? Because I'm a man of science. You know, with uh, that Dr. Freud and all of his psychology stuff, we could probably explain away a lot of what he's seen. There's, there, I'm sure there's a logical explanation.
3: Mass hysteria? Some kind of drugs?
2: I mean, if they're trying to do rituals, I'm sure drugs were involved.
1: That, well, listen...
3: You ever hear of a fella called Silas Lancaster?
1: <laughs> don't you dare! Don't yes. you dare!
3: <laughs> he told me some freaky shit. Wait, it's
0: 1926. How old is Silas right now? Like 22? Uh,
3: maybe... be 40 something. He was 40 when he
0: started the war. Or wait, one World War One or two? He was in World one. War One. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah. he's like, i like, I'm he going in
3: 30, thirty-two. <laughs> I think something like that. He was in his early thirties when World War One broke out.
0: Okay,
3: oh, no, <laughs> canon. This is truth. But 1884, I think I said he was born. Anyway, that's a, that's a different thing entirely. Yeah. Yeah. crossing the stream. Hello. No.
1: Silas, I'm go young, back to your time frame.
3: I'm, I'm young Silas Lancaster. No,
1: no, you're not.
3: I hear you've been having problems with the occult.
1: <laughs>
3: no, Silas, go away. This is my mystery.
1: Get back to your own game, Silas.
0: The shiny boy is here.
3: <laughs> Who the fuck is this?
1: Oh, no, not Don, too. Okay. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Get the
3: fuck out of here oh, With your tentacles
1: your tentacles Oh, Okay
3: and Wait wait a minute who's this uh, Well I never did see no tentacles Before <laughs> Mainly I just like Putting my hand up and Doing them cavity or <laughs> No
0: not again <laughs> Jumbel-Live Pendergrass Jumbel-Live Pendergrass Oh no. (laughs) It like literally is only funny if they've seen (laughs) everything. Probably none of them have
1: seen all of them, but you know. Oh man.
0: Only funny for Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Who's missing all of this? I feel like this is pretty good session, honestly. He's missing all of this. (laughs) He'll just have to wait for the podcast to come out. Get out of
3: my head, different voices! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm nevada jones god damn it
1: <laughs> um okay so was there anything else besides get out of my head was there the, anything the small else? wrapped object yeah the small wrap
0: that's all that's left is a I will small op- object uh fits in the palm of your hand it seems to be wrapped in like a silk cloth
1: i will open that
0: you're gonna open it yes you see a small piece of amber There seems to be a, um, some sort of, like, break in it. Seems like something has been, like, it has been damaged by blunt force, and, um, maybe something was removed from it.
3: Let's wrap that back up and put that back in the box.
1: (laughs) Is, hold on, is there anything else in the silk? Like, is, like, is there any, like, sort of writing in it or anything? No, it
0: just seems like it was a protective piece. Okay.
1: Okay. So, my thought is, Mr. Allen left all of the stuff to do that ritual in the house. He said that he put it away. So to find the Latin inscriptions is going to be in that house. But we
3: need to, if we need to reverse the ritual, we're going to need that powder. I don't, we know the name of it and what it is.
1: It's... Right, but, but what in the journal it said that he put all of that away. So my thing is, is he probably put it away in the well, house. Well, maybe
3: the components, but the, the, it, we don't know anything about what the ritual is or how to perform it. If we need, if We still need to read the book. So we're going to have oh, to go back to the library right. one way or the other. I don't want to talk to that guy again. I mean, I don't want to talk to him either, but we don't have to. He's
1: going to ask me if my dad said that he could see it, and I'm going to have to lie to him
3: again. No, you're not. Just let me deal with him.
0: I will say that you're close enough to both locations that you could travel from one to the other in less than an hour. So if you wanted to go to one and then return to the other, that's an option. And at this point, you're... You're, like, equally, like, equidistant to either locations. I mean,
3: nice lady student type poison. We go back there, and I will talk to the man. I and I will make sure that he does not interfere.
1: a name.
3: I'm, so- I'm really bad at remembering names. I'm sorry. This l- is why you l- always get terrible l- teacher reviews. L- well, you're not in any of my classes. You came to, I met you this I can't- morning. Listen,
1: it doesn't say that I cannot review a teacher that I haven't had a class with.
0: You rate rate your professor on Cuba form.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you before this morning.
1: <laughs> well, this experience has been terrible. Well,
3: I, I agree. His name is Lois. Thank you, Lois. I'm sorry, Lois. Nice lady, type Lois person. Okay, Mr. Jones.
1: Actually, <laughs> it's,
3: it's Professor Jones. Jones.
1: No, it's just Jones. If you can't remember my name, I don't have to remember your title.
3: This hat says professor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he suddenly pulls out this hat out of like you're you're not sure where he got it. Was he holding it the whole time? You're not. You didn't think it was secured around his neck or something <gasps> hanging off the back. He just suddenly has it's this a collapsible hat. hat.
2: All right, let's go
1: back to the library.
0: All right, yeah. So you all go back out into the garage, open it up. Nothing seems odd. Nothing seems like it's changed. Get in your car you don't see anyone it just seems like your normal yard and your normal I wouldn't even say a neighborhood you don't really live in a neighborhood but your normal street nothing seems out of place to you we packed up the and sarcophagus you're... right
1: yes it's in my purse I'm not leaving that shit behind
0: so did you put all the contents back inside and you're bringing everything with you or yes. what do you, what's your plan with all that
1: uh, I put it all back into the sarcophagus so that it's uh, not just flopping around in my purse and I slipped the sarcophagus back into my purse
2: Okay. Tightly wrapped in the black fabric. So you're.
1: Yes. Uh, we didn't have the fabric with us. I thought we didn't. We didn't wrap the sarcophagus. Oh, uh, I guess up he left that
0: in his office.
1: We did.
2: No, it's right here. I <laughs> said, so you might want to grab a, a shirt or something to wrap it in.
1: Oh, okay. I'll run up to my room. Grab a scarf. That works. And wrap, a, wrap the sarcophagus back up in a scarf. So it's not hitting my switchblade. <laughs> there you go. Of all the random weapons I have, I have a switchblade that papa gave me. He could trust you with it, I guess. He said it would get me out of tight situations. I have a
2: hockey stick.
1: <laughs> On you at all times? Yep. <laughs> It's one of those collapsible ones.
0: (laughs) It might be in your car at the campus, but you're headed back there, so you could you could surely grab it. I'll pick up my
2: hockey stick.
0: So you get in a car. um, I don't think we'll have any time for games. And you drive all the way back. So it takes about you know twenty twenty five minutes, just like before. Uh, Before too long, you move from a rural area to the suburbs, and finally into the. Very urban area that is the Miskatonic University campus. Um, you know you're able to find parking and everything. And between before too long, you were at the Orn Library. You go ahead and park your car. Seems like just like before. It's you know seems like pretty busy, but you find a parking space. It's probably close to maybe four oh, in the afternoon. Oh my
1: god! It was morning the last time we were here.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you all met at the. Um, it was like ten or eleven in the morning when you met at the at the hospital. Did a little bit of research, drove yeah, back yeah, and yeah. forth. So it's it's been a few hours. You were probably in the, in the library for close to an hour that's the first true. time.
1: I do not want to do whatever ritual we have to do at night.
3: <laughs> no. We might have to. They did it on the night of a new moon.
1: Well, let's go find out what the book says. When is the next new moon, Jeremy? Do I know this?
0: Make a natural world check.
1: Well, that's not great for me, Jeremy. Uh fail.
0: Fail. You're not really sure. You don't normally pay attention to it. I mean you'll recognize a full moon or something, but you don't know the phases and you don't know what to expect and
1: I'm just all that. an engineering student, guys. I don't know things. However,
0: as you pull up in, you you park. Um you don't have to use your horn excessively to get into this parking space or anything. You start to hear a
3: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a, well, a, a uh,
0: <laughs> an old fashioned um, ambulance that pulls up, and it's it's you guys didn't really need to drive before it's. I mean, it's a it's a few minutes walk, but you see across the way, about two roads over, the hospital, and an ambulance pulls up, and there are um, a string of doctors outside, and it seems like they're uh, rushing someone out on some sort of oh, cart no. into this ambulance. There's also a, a police out there and, and a couple crowded people. I want
1: to run over there real quick, because my track is at 50.
0: Okay. It takes you, you know, a couple minutes, but you get over there relatively quickly, and you see um, your friend, the professor, on a stretcher, being loaded into an ambulance, and he was already in a medical hospital. Um, There's a number of people surrounding him. He certainly is at the very least unconscious, um, and seems to be even strapped down, and they are loading him into the back of an
3: ambulance. My God, what happened to the professor?
0: A doctor in a, in a white lab coat turns. and goes, "Sir, sir, I need you to step back, sir." And they're trying to like kind that, that, of push What happened? Back. That's Ooh. our
1: friend. What happened?
0: He, um, he started seizing. I'm afraid. I'm afraid he passed. We're, we're not sure. They, 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 they still want to do everything they can, but. his heart seems like it stopped my, oh,
3: oh dear my goodness.
1: oh dear we gotta do this that's suit. absolutely
3: terrible
0: yeah they're um, loading up an ambulance and you would assume they're maybe transporting him to the coroner's office oh shit
3: my god my dear, my dear friend and librarian friend I, I take off my hat to you sir I'm
2: gonna take a minute to cry
0: yeah, you see, Rupert Merriweather to to Professor Jones. He was your colleague to to the two of you. He was your professor, and um, I believe Keiko is his teaching assistant. Either way, you are um, you're, you're close to this man. And um, according to what the doctor told you, he's dead.
1: I I just start taking off towards the library. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like,
0: fuck this, we got this shit to do. You all sprint over there, just as before, just as you know, it took a few minutes to run over to the university, but it's not so far that it's it's really like two or three minutes of just like really running over there, and you guys managed to run all the way back to the library. Um, I, I would imagine that in this situation where you feel like you're pressed for time with the based on at least what he believes happens if he passed away, um, and now knowing that he has passed away, yeah, you're able to get there pretty quickly, and you find yourself jogging up those massive steps, right past those two stone lion statues, up to the two double doors, into the main room. And it seems like there's a substantially less staff. I mean, there's people there. It's open, but you can tell they closed pretty early, like seven. It's like four. There's a lot less people there. You don't see the security guard, at least the one that was there earlier. Maybe he's patrolling or something. You do see the same lady sitting at the desk. I run past her. Like, oh, um, Dr. Jones. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, you run past her. She looks back and she's going to look at Dr. Jones. Um, did, did you need something?
3: Yeah, we're just going to do a little bit of research. But new things of new avenues of research have come to light. We need to come back and have a look at the, the nice books to find the good information for the <laughs> I didn't She's like, Mr. Armitage didn't say anything.
0: And you guys are like saying that as you're walking past her and like going to the room and the doors close and you just hear a voice drown out. And you find yourself back in the room where you can't smoke, but it seems that humidity from the fountain is okay.
2: <laughs> I want to sneak
1: back to his office. Okay, I'm s- sneaking to that bookcase that he opened
2: up. Wasn't that in his office? N- oh, I didn't think it, it was. Wasn't I thought it wasn't in But oh, if you well, wanted, I wanted to find, to
0: oh, okay. i say if you wanted to find his office, I think as much time as you've spent in this library, well, you haven't managed to make it into this library, have you? No, because you thought not it was restricted.
1: I'm going to sneak to that case.
0: So you guys go up the stairs. Um, Are you particularly looking out for Dr. Armitage? Yes. To avoid him? Yes. Yes. Why don't you make a spot hidden? All of you can. If if you're all trying for the same thing to make sure you don't (laughs) get seen by him.
1: What happens if I roll luck? I can't roll luck.
0: You can um, spend luck to choose to pass a roll instead of fail.
1: That's a lot of luck that I would need to drop that down.
3: Mm-hmm. This is sick.
1: Oh, Gurundu got us.
0: You see him. He has his back turned. He's on the bottom floor. You see him way across the library, probably 140 feet away. You're like, that's him. His back's to you, and you guys know you can sprint off pretty quickly to the left and, and go up those stairs to the second floor where you had seen the display case before and and probably get there pretty quickly without him seeing you. You know for a fact like that's him over there and he's not paying attention at the moment.
3: Come on quickly, now's the time! We gotta get up the stairs! Shush! Happy Gilmore? I'm whistling! Whistling? Whispering! <laughs> 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 I'm not totally whistling! I'm
1: gonna run up the stairs hopefully as quietly as possible yeah,
2: absolutely trying to be quiet and sneaky and stealthy
0: mm-hmm. um, you make your way all the way up there are you like trying to avoid everyone or just him specifically because I feel like it'd be hard everyone. I feel like it'd be really suspicious to creep around from yeah, everyone Yeah, I about, you could like a, actively like pro- avoid him
3: like a professor who's allowed to be in the library um, rather than a, a, a cat burglar
1: yeah, no, we're we're gonna sneak past him and probably get stealthy again when we get close to, like, where the book is so that we can okay. get
0: that. I mean, he's so far away that you can definitely dash to the left, go up those stairs, and now you're on the second floor while he's still on the main floor. And you had okay. saw him way across the room. And there's, like, that railing, like I described, where you can see the various floors. So if you were to look over, you can see that he's still down there kind of tending to various books and things and uh, has, seems to have no idea that you're here you okay. go down that same pa- uh, that same row of books where it's almost like a corridor of these volumes on both sides you take a right and you round that corner to find that same one of many but that same display case and there it is the book Verme Mysteria, and there it is secured and just as you saw him last locked away in the glass case
1: gonna try and pick that lock yo
0: with what like a bobby pin
1: yes because I have lock picking skills
0: okay so you yeah you see her pull out this this bobby pin and you're probably like what the fuck is this person like she's ready to do this and she starts trying to pick this lock with a bobby pin very revealing of her character
1: I have a hairpin I'm gonna do it
0: all right, go ahead and make the uh, lockpicking check for me.
1: Cool, that just barely passed. So 20.
0: Um, all right, a pass is a pass. You're able Yay. to wiggle the lock. It seems like you're not doing it super stealthily, but the only people you see immediately are students, and there's a professor near you, and, I mean, people know probably at least by face that Dr. Jones is a professor, and they don't. No one's at least seems to be paying much attention as you open this case. Okay, um, you're able to do it fast enough to where it almost kind of looks like maybe you had a key and you open it up, and you lift this glass case and there's the book.
1: I take the, the book,
0: the Me Mysterious. Um, what do you do with the book? You I have put this it whole in book. It's very a very delicate, very valuable, and at least 500 years old tome.
1: I it's probably too big to put put in my handbag, and right? And it's
0: recorded on Vellum because it is so old. Yeah. I have a slouch. Like vellum was up some, until the
3: 1500s. Some, like, side study rooms or something that, like, away from there the are, There the are, there are, there
0: are quiet places, and there's also the, um, before mentioned balconies where people can smoke.
1: We're not taking this to a balcony. It's too old for that. Let's go find one of those study rooms.
3: Yeah, or, like, the stack or somewhere quiet where there's not gonna be a lot of yeah. people
0: okay yeah you're able to find a study room relatively quickly um there's this secluded room you go inside it's just like a very simple room a little light fixture a table a couple chairs but there's a door you can shut and it's quiet it's even more quiet than the rest of the library and it's just kind of a secluded area and yeah there's like five or six chairs in here certainly enough room for all of you there's no windows or anything um it doesn't look outside it doesn't look into the library it's just a secured study room
3: i'm gonna bar the door with a chair okay
1: I'm actually, instead of that, I'm going to keep an eye out, so I'm going to sit in the chair and make sure I can, like, peek through a crack in the door to make sure no one's looking for us.
0: Okay. I don't know that you can see through a crack in the door, but you could probably see if, like...
1: Well, I mean, like, sh- I would open it a little bit to, like, oh. peek out. Not an actual, like, crack. So you
0: actually keep it cracked, then, so that you Yeah,
1: see. just a little bit. Yeah, it's just cracked. to make sure I can keep an eye on any movement.
0: Okay, so she immediately und... So you... Put this chair under the doorknob so they can't open. She immediately undoes that, opens it, and then sits there to where she can see outside and keep watch. Um, while the two of you have this very expensive book, or I don't know. Well, I guess it is valuable, not expensive. A very valuable book sitting on this table and well, very this delicate.
3: Is, this is my area of expertise. Um, yes,
0: and you would know how to handle such a thing with care, I believe.
3: So he sets it on fire. I, guess I wanted- <laughs> Just smoking right next to it. Um,
0: There's a fountain! It doesn't even matter!
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's all mildewed! This is, like, 500 years old! It's disgraceful the way they treat these books. So, yeah, I guess I want to try and find the relevant sections for this ritual.
0: The other thing you find interesting is, like, it's in ancient Greek, mm-hmm. but it was written 500 years ago in, like, the 1400. And... The subject matter is mostly Egyptian.
2: This book isn't right.
3: <laughs> well, I was, the thing is, is that uh, Egypt was, uh, you know, Cleopatra. She was uh, Greek, and it uh, was actually ruled by the Greeks for for many years. Um, after the the late the, the later dynasties, uh, uh, but um, yeah, to find that from the uh, so far out of time is uh, odd. To say the least.
0: So what are you attempting to do here? Because you don't speak.
3: To try and translate it, I guess. Like, uh, are there any kind of illustrations or anything like that?
0: There are definitely a lot of illustrations. You can flip through the book and see all sorts of pictures, uh, hand-drawn images of various um, Egyptian motif, uh, Egyptian-based motifs of, like, different artifacts. There's a lot of, like, pictures where it's like a whole wall. Of different hieroglyphics there's like uh random pictures of like little sarcophagi and like individual objects but without something to reference i don't know that you have the tools to is transmit. there anything
3: that looks like it would be a, an index or like a table of contents or anything like that at the beginning of it
0: it doesn't seem like it has that sort mm. of con-
3: con- is there any kind of images that re- that match what we've got well, you can flip through
0: and eventually find that same page that Doctor Armitage showed you. Yeah, and you find that page with the picture of the yeah of the sarcophagus. And even though you can't specifically read it, he told you that it was called. Let me go to that page. No, And neprica. it starts at the end. Wow, you're really good at that. <laughs> the Nephrakar, and uh,
3: it's the Nephrakar.
0: Well, you're you're very bookish. Would you, what, do, do you have any experience studying ancient Greek? Or maybe you know some of the language? I
3: speak Latin.
0: Well, I'm sure she's the, oh
3: yeah. I've
2: got Japanese, but I've also got very good library use.
3: Hmm. I've got pretty good library use. I'm sure we could find some, like,
2: We
1: should have reference. taken Wentworth with us, because he speaks all the languages.
0: Yeah, I think the two of you, neither of you can translate this as is, but I think both of you. Could spend a few minutes and find the books needed to do so if you were to venture back into this library.
2: I think we need
3: to. I don't know if I want to get him involved. This is already. Well,
0: I don't think you need armor. T- I think the two of you could go yeah. in
3: and. I was just saying,
0: stealthily find a book.
3: I was saying to uh, to Lois. I don't. I don't think we need to get him involved. Uh, already. There's too too many people.
0: No, that was
1: me saying that we should have taken a different character. That knows oh. all the languages. I'm looking at some of the other character sheets.
3: <laughs> Alright. Yes, let's try that then. Let's yeah. See if we can find some kind of um, translation text. Some Collins Dictionary from Latin to a- uh, Attic Greek or whatever this is written in. Uh, library use. That was use, a success 40. on my library use. Uh, it was a failure for mine, but only just. It was 41. You could use 40. luck. I could use you can luck. You
0: choose to spend some luck if you want to succeed.
3: Yeah, why not? Might as well.
0: Okay, so you spend a little bit of luck, and the two of you um, are successful. So why don't you explain to me So, what what you did to go find these books? Kind of, I would assume it takes a little bit of time, but maybe not too long.
2: Well, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the Dewey Decimal System, and uh, it's just a matter of finding the Languages section, because libraries are all organized according to the Dewey Decimal System it's just a matter of, of finding the right section and then getting to the correct book there for the languages, foreign languages, translations Rosetta Stone perhaps just grab the tablet and get, drag it in
3: yeah or just like get a bunch of different volumes on Greek whether it's Byzantine Greek or Attic Greek just or just keep
1: stealing things
3: whatever just, it's not stealing it's a library
1: I mean, we did break like, into a case for this book.
3: Yeah, but we, but we haven't stolen, stolen it. it. We've left it in the library Yes,
2: well.
3: Haven't stolen we're, it. We're using it for reference purposes, which is the entire reason for a library to exist. So that's okay.
0: Yeah, the Rosetta Stone was discovered about 130 years prior to this, so you certainly could find uh, written copies of it. And then, like I said before, they, they do have a small fragment of the original Rosetta Stone on display, but obviously that would require a high risk for little reward. Yeah. But you can certainly find some books that will help you translate this, and I think it maybe takes you a little bit to find them, but not too long. Um, the the book itself, the Verme de Mysterious, was in the section that was um, having to do with Greek language and all that kind of stuff, so it didn't really take you that long to find what you need. And before long, the two of you are back in the room and able to have the means the tools that you need to translate this book and i think um with her exceptional library use skill and with your exceptional scholarship as a professor of anthropology and of of archaeology that you are at least combined able to translate this within maybe well uh, well what are you trying to translate just the pages that seem to have imagery relating to the sarcophagus or i mean you're going to start at the beginning because, you know what I mean, that would take a very long time.
2: I think we we yeah. start with the the sarcophagus pages.
3: Just the bits that are relevant, yeah. I'll okay. See if we can pick up any clues from there.
0: You start on that page and you're you're um,
2: able to try to
0: translate some of the things that are described. And even though Armitage didn't mention it before, he you notice that it seems that the original author does describe opening the sarcophagus and it even describes that there are strange symbols on the inside that were very difficult to translate oh the author of this book seems to um, attribute these carvings to still egyptian origin but ancient and muddled with other cultures and this probably takes you i would say you're in this room for a good 90 minutes making translations and what you get after all this work is that the symbols on the inside of the box can be roughly translated to Seeker of Wisdom, Servant of Yog setheth Deliverer of the People of Water, Bearer of the Spirits of Narleth-Hotep, Child of Thoth, Seeker of Wisdom. That is roughly the English translation that you can get from the strange carvings on the inside of the box.
3: Yeah, does this mean... Can I roll against my occult, occult, occult score to see if any of this means anything to me?
0: You can roll occult, yeah. Uh,
3: 87, that's a big fail. Oh, damn. Um,
0: you're not sure what it means? You... The only name you've probably heard of... Setheth sounds vaguely familiar. Narlethotep doesn't, though it sounds, it sounds.
3: It sounds guess, vaguely Egyptian.
0: Yeah, like it sounds like some sort, the way it's written sounds like it's some sort of, like okay. almost like a deity or, or something. Yeah. And it, it seemed, Or at the very least, maybe related to a deity, like a priest of the deity. But um, you're not too sure. But Setheth does seem like some name you've heard somewhere
3: how odd I can't put my quite put my finger on on where I know this seth, but uh, it seems vaguely familiar to me
0: you just feel like maybe at some point in your vast scholarship that you have uh, heard that name
3: still this doesn't help us with the uh, the ritual unless those would unless this is the, the chant maybe or something that they were doing.
2: They said they were chanting in Latin.
3: I understand Latin, so if I hope so.
2: Did it say anything about pieces of amber inside the circle? Um, only
0: the like the things that Doctor Armitage revealed to you that originally there were four pieces of amber concealed in the box, and they they weren't sure what their importance was. But um, according to the author in this book, originally the thing was found. Um, It's been passed through the ages, it's ancient Egyptian in origin, and inside it, all the sarcophagus holds are the four amber stones. And that the, the author believes that the people who created it believed that they held spirits in those amber stones, because amber is traditionally used to capture dark and evil spirits. Thank you for listening to tonight's episode of Dice Talk. I know that it wasn't even close to the same type of format that you might be used to, but I do hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. We really had a blast playing through this. The next episode that we release will be a normal Dice Talk episode, but we will release um, the rest of this Call of Cthulhu story sometime in the upcoming few weeks. So if you did enjoy it, please keep your eyes and your ears peeled on the Podcatcher so that you can catch the rest of the story in the future. Uh, I would like to do a special shout out to Tabletop Audio. Tabletop Audio made the music that I use for the background On this podcast, and that I'll continue to use for the rest of this series. I couldn't have made it nearly as high quality as I did without Tabletop Audio, so please go check them out. They're awesome. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you're not missing any of our episodes. Make sure that you are on our Twitter, on our Instagram, on our Facebook so you're catching all of the updates. Um, i'm very active on the instagram and the twitter especially also you can go to majesticgoose.com, that's the podcast network and you can check out all the other shows they're all dungeons and dragons and tabletop related we have multiple actual play podcasts like halfway to heroes one shot onslaught now we have shitty cowboys we also have roll for weird which is a monster of the week podcast i am on there Jerundu is on there Also, Danny and Rachel from today's episode are both characters on there. So if you want to check out a horror themed actual play podcast, please go check that out. Um, That's all I have for you this week. Thanks again for tuning in and we will catch you next time with a normal Dice Talk episode. See you guys.
1: Just Like Goose Podcast. <laughs>